The following is a reflection on the readings for Wednesday of the 22nd week of Ordinary Time. The first reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1-9. to The responsorial is Psalm 33, and the Gospel is Luke chapter 4, verses 38-44. to In today's Gospel, Jesus continues to unfold the mission outlined in his inaugural sermon in the synagogue at Nazareth, having set spiritually free the man who was captive to a demon by his first miracle, Jesus now sets free Simon's mother-in-law, who is in bed with a fever. In the spiritual and physical healings, the text uses the same word rebuke, a term of exorcism indicating that both conditions are related to the consequences of the fall. The effects of the healing are also twofold. Simon's mother-in-law got up and began to serve them. Got up literally means arose, the same verb used to describe Jesus' resurrection, which is the culmination of the jubilee Jesus announced in his opening sermon on Isaiah chapter 61. Her hospitality or service indicates the proper response of a disciple to God's favor. Once the Sabbath is over, Scores of people descend on Jesus for healings of various diseases, including demon possession. Jesus lays hands on every one of them and heals them. Then Jesus models for us what undergirds his entire earthly ministry. Early the next morning, he retreats into a deserted place. The parallel account in Mark's Gospel specifies that Jesus prayed. It is this communion with the Father that points back to the eternal Trinitarian exchanges of love that we are ultimately being drawn into. We see the oneness of mission that Jesus as the sent one enacts. I do nothing without the Father. I say only what the Father has told me to say. I do exactly what the Father has commanded me. Jesus prays before undertaking any important action, before choosing the apostles, before undergoing his agony in the garden, before performing certain miracles. Now, if this was the way with Jesus, how much more for us who are his followers? Yes, we live very busy lives. Our materialistic culture always pressures us to be even more preoccupied and distracted with many needless activities. One thing we must do is spend quality time with Jesus every day. Otherwise, whatever else we do will be reduced in value and meaning. How do we find the time? One of the most countercultural actions we can take is to retire at a reasonable hour so that we can wake up early and have quiet time with the Lord. It is countercultural because everything in our society, from media to entertainment, from television to movies to videos and internet, tempts us to stay up late so that we get up late and are rushed to begin a new day without prayer. But we see how seriously Jesus took his time with the Father. It was the same with the saints. What made them saints is that they did whatever was necessary to spend quality time with the Lord. For example, St. Thomas More. He was a very busy man, Chancellor of England, lawyer, with a large family, yet he was up before anyone else communing with the Lord in prayer and study, and God used him because he knew this saint was prepared as a disciple. One of the effects of daily prayer with the Father is greater unity and communion with one another, especially in ministry. 
This was the issue St. Paul was dealing with in the first reading. The church at Corinth was basically splitting into different factions. Some were following Paul, some Apollos, some Cephas, and this was greatly impeding the work of the Spirit. And so St. Paul writes to the community, and the advice he gives is appropriate for us today. He draws his community back to the center, which is Christ, and to the common purpose for which we all strive, that is, to build up the kingdom of God. Elsewhere in his letter, he acknowledges that to achieve this purpose of building up the kingdom necessarily involves many different individuals with a variety of gifts and charisms. This was deliberately intended by God so that we would be able to minister more effectively to each other's needs and better appreciate the uniqueness of each person and their important giftedness to the church. So, in our first reading today, Paul admonishes that there are no superstars or lone rangers when it comes to ministry, but only team players performing their particular roles. As he says, quote, What is Apollos, and what is Paul, what servants? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth, end of quote. So we pray that we would appreciate the great diversity God has given our church, that we would recognize in this diversity each other's talents and unique qualities as gifts for the whole body, that we would not allow them to be occasions of any competition or jealousy or divisions, but rather use them as they were intended to minister to each other and to build up Christ's body, the church. Finally, a few comments should be made regarding Jesus' last statement in today's Gospel. Quote, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. End of quote. What is the kingdom of God? It is certainly present in Jesus Christ himself, as demonstrated by his power over the kingdom of Satan, but also by his baptism, when a heavenly voice declares him to be the Lord's anointed. In addition, Jesus' adoption of the title Son of Man from Daniel chapter 7, to whom the Ancient of Days gives an everlasting kingdom, consisting of all peoples, nations, and languages, underlies the point. Daniel chapter 7 picks up in turn the prophecy of Daniel chapter 2, where a stone cut out by no human hand demolishes the pagan statute and then becomes a great mountain that covers the whole earth and represents a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. There are also Old Testament prophecies such as Second Samuel chapter 7 and Isaiah chapter 9 regarding the ancient Davidic kingdom which lay in ruins for centuries following the Babylonian conquest but now is being established in Christ who fulfills the covenant oath to maintain David's throne forever. According to the Vatican II document Lumen Gentium chapter 3, to carry out the will of the Father, Christ inaugurated the kingdom of heaven on earth through the church, and in particular the sacrament of Eucharist, which draws all believers into the one body of Christ. This kingdom grows visibly through the power of God and will reach its perfection in heaven. We are part of this kingdom, living stones being built into a spiritual house to become a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices. May we, cooperating by God's grace, through our prayers and mutual fellowship, build the kingdom of God and invite others to join so that Christ's reign is extended as far as possible to the glory of God.
Let us pray. O God, who caused the minds of the faithful to unite in a single purpose, grant your people to love what you command and to desire what you promise, that amid the uncertainties of this world our hearts may be fixed on that place where true gladness is found. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. Amen.